time of the week again. Prepare yourself for the surveyors of saws, the sultans of spaghetti, the whispers in your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Your Spaghetti Policy Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Jacob. It has come to my attention that biting ice cream with your teeth is considered weird. Uh, it makes my wife cringe when I do it. Um, I've always done it. Um, but my daughter also does it, and she's two and a half. So we win. We have strong teeth. If you can't do it, you have weak teeth. And that's that's your problem. <laughs> no, that's very mean. That's not true. Uh, I get it. It is kind of weird, I guess. Uh, and I probably look like like a sociopath or some sort of, some sort of serial killer sitting there just like chomping on my ice cream with my teeth. Um, but yeah, whatever. It's not the it's not the weirdest thing that you've heard on this podcast, I'm sure. Um, and as you can tell, it is just me. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Jacob got another case of the brain aids. Uh, as we we like to joke, uh, a little callback to the fourth episode of this podcast, but. Um, he actually was really sick. Uh, he got, uh, in, <clears throat> he went to the ER, uh, because his temperature was like 107 or something. And, uh, and like was like super sick. Uh, and so he ends up, ended up having the flu and pneumonia at the same time. So it was pretty serious there for a while. I was like really concerned. And, um, thanks for everybody who had asked me uh, about him. I'm sure he appreciates it. Uh, he'll be back probably in a couple weeks. I don't know. Um, the timeline we had, we had, is we've had to shift the timeline around obviously on some, uh, some episodes we were working on something. So that got pushed back. So I don't know when he's going to be well enough. I know he said he tried to go to the grocery store today, and like almost died in the sushi aisle at, um, Kroger because he was picking up his medicine or something and said he was just extremely winded and like fatigued and it's like well yeah because you know <laughs> you're sick um, I joke that he he didn't necessarily dine with death but he definitely had a drink and an appetizer um, <clears throat> so he's doing better um, and so I'm sure he'll be out for a couple days at least before he is back to like any sort of resemblance of a normal life but uh, with that being said, I figured that I would be uh, doing this podcast. Uh, I had to, had to switch things around, and so um, I sent out a beacon. And thanks to everybody who uh, sent in questions. Uh, so I'm just going to do another one of these, like I did last time. The Jake was sick. Um, I'm just going to answer all these questions. Some of them I will answer seriously. Some of them I will not answer seriously. Um, some of them were really, really good. Some of them, they were all really good. I can't really complain. I asked for questions. I don't care what they were. I just needed something. Um, cause it's really, really, it's really fun doing a podcast and it's like, especially fun when there's like two people or more. It's really weird to sit here and talk to yourself and like stare at the wall and pretend like you're talking to a bunch of people. Um, 
which is funny because, you know, most of us hated speaking in front of people. And so like when you're doing this podcast, it's basically pretending. And when you do it by yourself anyways, it's like pretending to uh, talk to a crowd of people, which is weird. Like I never really had a problem with speaking in front of people. It was just in school. I hated talking about the things that the teacher wanted me to if um, if one of my projects was to go up there and to talk about something that I was passionate about or something that I was very knowledgeable about, then I could stand up on stage or whatever and some stand up in front of class and, and give you, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes with no jitters, no nerves or anything. But <clears throat> there's that inherent like nervousness. I think when you're doing, um, a presentation in front of people is that you're being graded based upon your knowledge that you don't actually know or that you've kind of crammed in and you're just regurgitating for the, for the appeasement of a professor. Um, but this is not a, uh, lecture on things that are wrong inside of a college education system. That's for another day. But most people who listen to this know that I'd not a huge fan of the education system and the way it's structured and set up, but that's neither here nor there. So I am going to answer, I think I got uh, 21, 21 questions that were sent in. Thank you again to everybody who sent them. I got multiple questions from some people and one, like one or two questions from certain people. Um, I had people who, you know, said, Hey, I, you know, I can't really think of anything or whatever. It's all good. It's all good. It is the best that, um, I got that many questions in that short amount of time. So I am going to just jump right in. <clears throat> I don't know why I said it like that. It was weird. Uh, the first question, how did you and your wife, Christina, meet? Well, it's a funny story. Um, I won't tell all of the story, um, but I'll tell some of it. We had planned, Jacob and I had plans actually to have our wives on here for an episode Um probably still going to do it at some point. It's just really, really hard. We both have kids, so it's really hard to find time to get everybody together and find a night to record uh, and have somebody watch your kids um, and all that jazz. Um, But Christina and I met, uh, we actually met our freshman year in college. We had a class together. Ironically enough, it was a public communications class. So weird that I was talking about the public speaking. Um, But we had, uh, instead of, because in college, one of the requirements we had to have was either uh, PC or um, speech. And speech was all like solo, individual, like projects. And then uh, PC was more group work. And that class was actually kind of cool. Like we created a board game, I think, as one of our group projects, and we had to present it and teach the class. Um, that, so that was pretty neat. Um, but we were in that class together, uh, and I don't think I'm pretty sure we like never spoke. Uh, I like to tell this story because the first time Christina met me, <clears throat> and excuse me, I don't I have this like phlegm in my throat because I had some delicious ice cream before I did this, so it's just like chilling in my throat, and so like. I hate that I'm constantly having to like clear my throat, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so I like to tell this story because the first time Christina met me, she didn't like me. And the second time she met me, she probably didn't like me either. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Cause I didn't really like her the first time I met her either. 
but you know, hey, look, people change, you know, and it's it, I think that's what makes this story better is that like it wasn't one of those oh like we were just like bright eyed and bushy tailed and just like hearts in our eyes. Um, she was dating someone at the time, um, and so it was like whatever. And I believe he was in that class too. He was a douche. Um, <laughs> I can say that because we're married. Ha. <laughs> um, but uh, sophomore year goes by. So that was the only class we had together freshman year. And then sophomore year goes by and I don't, I, you know, I don't, again, like I don't, I know of her. I don't like, we don't actually know each other. And then we had, <clears throat> I guess it was my junior year. Um, I, we actually, we started at the same time and should have graduated at the same time, but, um, and I didn't like fail any of my classes, but I had an issue with my advisor because they're they're also worthless at their job too, and uh, I switched majors. And in switching majors, I fell behind about nine credits, which was basically accumulated to like I had to, an extra semester. And literally, my last semester in school, I had two classes um, because it was to make up. And uh, it might have been twelve actually, because I ended up taking some summer classes too. Uh, to try to catch up, but I didn't. I ended up being a semester behind Christina, but I still graduated when I was supposed to. But anyways, <clears throat> so uh, sophomore year goes by, junior year. Um, and then I had a friend who knew her. Somehow she could probably tell us a little differently because I don't know how. All I remember is there was a we were all studying for a test, uh, I think, and um, she was in the library and her, ironically enough, one of her friends who is like one of her best friends now who we see all the time, uh, not all the time, but enough, um, that we were all in the library studying or whatever. And then I, from this, from the story that I've been told, <clears throat> she didn't like me then either. I get, which is fair. I'm pretty unlikable sometimes, I guess. Um, but uh, we then the following year, I don't know, like this timeline's weird. Maybe it might have been sophomore year. That I don't, I don't remember. All I know is we had five classes together. Uh, the junior, yeah, I guess it was junior. So I don't, I don't really know the timeline of this. Um, I've been, we've been together for ten, 10 years coming up this year. So um, we. Uh, we had five classes together and legitimately, we, I think we had a group project together or for some reason we decided to start studying together. And like, I know everyone's like, Oh, you study partners. Huh? Like we legitimately started out as study partners. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of studying because I was more concerned with trying to manipulate the system we used. And this was in, uh, finance as, um, the professor would, she would talk like this. Her name was Pashley. Oh, welcome to finance. Uh, finance, finance, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so we exchanged numbers. And by we, I mean she asked for my number and I gave it to her. And then she proceeded to not give me her number. So that was fun. And then she didn't text me for a while. I think, I think she finally messaged me. This is back when I still had a Facebook. And, um, so we started out as partners, as study partners, and it was so funny because like Christina is super like studious and and like like super great student, and then like there's me who is not or was not, and 
so like we just spent a lot of like I think we started as a group and then it kind of just like everyone stopped kind of just like fell off and like we kind of just like stuck it out and then uh, she had the hots for me and she chased me and that was fun um, and she's probably if she listens to this she's gonna like roll her eyes and just like hate every minute of this <laughs> but she, I mean it's she hates it but it's true I mean this is how it happened um, and then, um, she invited me to a party and then I went and then I left and then we just slowly started like digging each other, man. And then what do you know? We're married, been together for 10 years, have a beautiful daughter. And then uh, the rest, as they say, is history. There's a lot more in there, but I won't get into it. Um, which, you know, is for another time, I guess. The next question. The best spaghetti you've ever had. This is super self-serving. Um, that's both ironic that I say that because the answer is my spaghetti. Um, I make a really good spaghetti sauce. Um, and that's not just me saying that. Um, I've had multiple people tell me that it's the best sauce they've ever had. I'm not saying it's not a traditional sauce that I should I should like preface that by saying it's not like a, I mean, it is a spaghetti sauce, but it's a meat sauce. Um, it's a modification of my grandmother's recipe that she used to make. Uh, and I've just kind of added to it. And the key to my sauce is that if you're going to eat it on Saturday night, I have to start making it on Friday night and the sauce has to cook for 24 hours before it is to be consumed. Um, and I put all sorts of secret ingredients in there. Um, I've had people who want my recipe and I won't give it. Um, it's one of the few things that I will not give. I mean, it's not like I'm not making money off of it, but it's just one of those things. Like it's mine. Like my grandma gave it to me, uh, and I, I improved on it. And then if Zoe ever wants it, I'd give it to her. Uh, and maybe it's one of those things that gets passed down. I don't know if it's not, then that's fine too. But, um, honestly, uh, the best spaghetti I've ever had is mine. Um, my father-in-law, who is a brilliant, brilliant cook, um, like phenomenal, phenomenal cook. Um, he has said that it's the best spaghetti he's ever had. My mother-in-law loves it. My wife loves it. Uh, my wife's, a lot of my wife's family members love it. Um, my dad loves it. Um, so yeah, like it's just one of those things like, man, it's just, it's a meat sauce. And if you don't like meat sauces, you may not like it. Um, and again, if you're eating it and expecting like a, like a traditional, um, the heavy tomato based, uh, sauce, you ain't gonna find that with me. Um, so that, that's the answer. Mine, my sauce, my sauce is the best sauce and this is my podcast. So that's what I say. Next question. I'm trying to jump around because I got, I, I, I typed all these in cause I, unlike Jacob, I am prepared somewhat. Um, what sparked your burning passion for hockey? This is a really good question. Um, because I have three teams, three, I'm hardcore about three teams. Uh, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Kentucky Wildcats in basketball, and um, Washington Capitals in hockey. And I can pinpoint the exact moment that I felt that I, I started rooting for the Jaguars. I can pinpoint the exact moment in which I started rooting for the, uh, almost the exact pinpoint. Basically, with Kentucky, I was born into it. Um, it is the only sports team that my grandpa and my dad and myself like, it's the only one. Um, and so that's just kind of one of those things. And like, 
living where I live, I get accused a lot of, oh, you're just a bandwagon fan, but like, I'm not like anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a bandwagon fan by any means on any sport that I root for. I've rooted for these teams my whole life for as long as I've been watching each sport. Um, you know, my favorite player from Kentucky is Tayshawn and Tayshawn Prince and Kentucky was Kentucky, but they weren't, you know, they weren't national championship one and dones when Tayshawn was there. Um, my earliest memory of Kentucky was Jamal Mashburn. Um, so there's that. Uh, and again, um, I remember the shot, the Christian Leitner shot. I was four years old. Um, I remember it. Um, I remember how big of a deal it was when it happened with the Jaguars. Um, I've told this story before, but it's, um, you know, when the Panthers and the Jaguars were both announced as expansion teams, the first game I ever watched on TV that I like vividly remember was the Hall of Fame game when the Panthers beat the Jaguars. I, uh, my dad was a Cowboys fan. Uh, was born and re- born and raised in uh, Redskin country essentially, but also the Cowboys were, you know, coming off um, three Super Bowls in the early '90s. Uh, the Ravens weren't in Baltimore yet, um, so it was you know Cowboys Redskins kind of thing. And I wanted to be different, and I thought, what a better way than to jump in with a brand new team. And so it's been Duval till I'm dead, I guess. (laughs) Um, But for hockey, um, I got a little bit of a late start in hockey. Um, I I remember in 98, it was uh, the Caps went to the Stanley Cup. We got beat by Detroit. They were swept. And I, I was wasn't into hockey per se. Like I was aware of it and I knew it was a thing, but like I wasn't into hockey. Um, but then like, I remember like for some reason, like when Yamir Yager signed with the caps, uh, it was a, like a really big deal. And, um, he was not, Yamir Yager is a great phenomenal player. Uh, but he was not good, uh, um, as a capital at all. And then, obviously, it really started to spark up around the time that they were awful, and which seems to be a trend, um, and they drafted Alex Ovechkin, uh, and then simultaneously went into a strike, and there was no season that year. And then, I guess it was, I mean, I guess it was like around 2004, 2005, when I was like watching hockey on like my phone. I would keep up with scores. If the game was on, I'd watch it. Um, and then just like, as time has gone on, it's just gradually kind of like built up momentum. Um, and then over the course of at least, I would say one thing that, that kind of helped too, was that Christina and I were together and, you know, I would keep up with with the caps and stuff. And I would, I would occasionally watch games and stuff, but I mean, they were good. Uh, but it was kind of the, you know, they're getting beaten. The, they're getting beaten the first round of the playoffs, like every freaking year. Um, and I mean, I was still watching, still keeping up with it. But then, uh, Christina went to her first game. It was a predators and blue jackets. I think I have it in my phone. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the, the first game she went to was. Um, and I, we went with her and, we went with our friends in Nashville and she kind of just fell in love with hockey, like just going. Cause she had never been, she had never, I don't think at that point she had ever watched hockey. Um, and so she, you know, she, she, her 
interest in it kind of reinvigorated my interest a little bit. Like again, I was I was still into hockey. I was still a Caps fan. I was still all about Ovechkin and and but like it's <clears throat> it's really weird because like again, like I said, I can pinpoint the other two exact moments basically when I when I was a fan. And as the older you get and the longer you root for a team, the more ingrained it becomes in your lifestyle and your and your and your lexicon and everything you do. And um, you know we would then start planning trips. We would just start going uh, when our friends in Nashville, they would go, we would just pick a game and, and go on a random Saturday, typically in the wintertime. And then, um, I don't know, man, like it's just, it's gotten to where like the thing about the NHL is like, it's the one sport so far as of this moment right now that is not completely ruined by officiating. I love sports. Uh, I played sports. I've watched sports. They've been in, in it's a huge part of my life. Um, live and breathe my teams. Um, but I mean, college basketball and especially, f- you know, f- football, like the officials have taken a lot of the game away. Um, and you know, the thing about hockey is it's so fast paced. Um, and like, it's just, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've always joked that, you know, I'm secretly Canadian. Uh, I love the cold weather. I love hockey. I love maple syrup. Um, <laughs> I just I just love all things that are associated with Canada. I just don't think I could be Canadian because I'm kind of probably too mean to be a Canadian. Um, but, you know, just the structure of the game and the way way it's played, just like it's, you know, it's, it's so fast-paced. And, like, it's one of those crazy sports where, like, you, like – you really appreciate it once you see it in, in person. And it's like one of those, like you can watch a football game and kind of like multitask and like, Oh, you know, cause football in the NFL, especially it's like so slow. Like it's first down. And like every time they ball turns over, then it's a commercial break. And then every time they punt it or, you know, whatever, it's like so many commercial breaks and basketball is the same way. You know, you have your TV timeouts and then especially with like the last like 10 minutes, it's like a foul. And like, it's another thing. It's just like, there's very few breaks in hockey and I don't know, man. It's just like, it's, I don't know. It, hockey still feels kind of underground. And if anyone knows me, that's kind of me. Like I like a lot of things that are mainstream, but like I'm very underground in like some of my thinkings, I guess. I don't know. Like a lot of the music I listen to is still kind of underground. Um, you know, Jesus, like my favorite Marvel character is super underground. Moon Knight. Um, but I don't know. It's just like a lot about it. And then also it doesn't help that, or it does help, um, especially, uh, because my football team is a complete fucking, um, dumpster fire, both on and off the field. And, you know, a lot people who know me know that I'm extremely passionate about the Jaguars, but I'm kind of just getting worn down with it, um, for non-football reasons. Um, and I can go into that some other time, but basically, um, you know, I once had a goal that I wanted to, you know, just visit a bunch of NFL stadiums and kind of just, you know, slowly, you know, mark those off my list. But um, that has since changed for various reasons. Um, and I think now that I, I I want to do all, well, eventually it'll be 32 since Seattle's getting their team in the next season or two. And I think I want to hit all 32 NHL um, arenas and um, it's interesting because there's a lot of cities that don't have you know that don't have professional sports 
that you wouldn't typically go to, you know, like Raleigh or, um, I mean, Winnipeg, um, the Calgary and stuff like that, um, San Jose and so forth and so on. And so, um, going to Columbus in about a month. So that, you know, I would have no other reason to go to Columbus other than to a hockey game, but that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. The Caps are probably going to lose cause, um, that's what they do. That's what my sports teams typically do minus Kentucky. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I didn't expect to go for like 20 minutes for whatever long I did on this question, but I love hockey, man. Hockey's just great. And, and like, I, if I can just help anybody kind of get people that are into hockey, if I can just help people get into hockey, man, like, I don't know. That's that, like, I would feel like that's an accomplishment. If I can just help convert some people, um, I know a lot of Jaguars fans and I know a lot of them are casually into hockey. And if I can help them make that movement and transition into hardcore fandom, I, you know, I would, I would feel, I would feel pretty special about that. Um, but there's that. I didn't mean to go on that long. Have you seen the new MK animated trailer and what is your reaction to it? Yeah, I have seen it. Of course, of course I've seen it. Uh, I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago. Um, but yeah, man, I'm super, I'm super excited for it. Um, it's going to be pretty good. I hope, um, the cast is, uh, the voice actor cast is pretty, pretty solid, pretty spectacular for, um, this. I don't understand why it's called Scorpion's Revenge though, because it's from my understanding, it's just a retelling of the first tournament in the first game, which I know people think, Oh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's just, you know, fatalities and blood and gore, but there's like a ton of lore and, and story. Like it is like so immense and like dense and there's like so much to, and that's one of the appeals of uh, Mortal Kombat. Like, I love Mortal Kombat. I'm I play it. I'm I play all of them like a lot. But I'm not like good enough to be a professional like fighting game player. Like, I'm not great. But you know, you know that's neither here nor there. It's just kind of the world that it is <clears throat> so ridiculous. Like the whole entire concept and everything about it is absolutely bananas and just like batshit insane. And that's one of the appeals because it like doesn't take itself too seriously, but it still takes itself seriously enough to where it's crafted a, a world that, you know, people care about. Um, but from my understanding is that it's just a, basically a retelling of the first Mortal Kombat game and tournament. But I don't know if that's the original timeline or if that is the post MK nine MK nine timeline where they rebooted everything, or if it's like a whole nother thing based off the ending of MK 11 where, the entire timeline gets reset again and everything is back from the start. So maybe it's just like one of one of those, like it's like a one shot, like a, Hey, here's an animated version of the first MK game since, you know, they didn't really have the fancy budgets and the cutscenes back in, back in the early nineties. So yeah, uh, this other one is really good. It's a kind of a follow up to this. It's like, what is your favorite game series besides mortal Kombat? It's a very loaded question. Um, I like a lot of series. I like a lot of games, um, but for the sake of this argument or for the sake of this question, I will answer it with uncharted, the uncharted series. Um, the uncharted series is very important to me in a lot of ways. Um, again, I was, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a, a loner. I've always been very individualistic in terms of I've never needed to hang out with people. I like hanging out with people. I love hanging out with my friends and stuff, but I never, like when I was little and growing up, I was an only child. So I never needed, I guess, to hang out. I was, there was always adults around and I was kind of just self-entertained. And so that has always been kind of a part, part of who I am. And, um, with Uncharted, I, I, you know, in college, I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, I had, you know, moved, 
moved literally to a brand new city three hours away from where I went to high school. Nobody I went to high school with went to the same, went to that college. Um, and so it was, it was truly alone. It was truly alone. It was just me, no parents, nothing. And then a lot of people go through this. Um, and you know, I'm not a drinker. Uh, I'm not a partier. Um, and so again, you know, video games have always been a part of my life. Um, I've always would rather have spent $60 on video games than, you know, go out and drink alcohol or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I have no problems with it. It's just how I am. It's just how I, I was and how still, I'm still that way. Um, I just find so much comfort and, you know, I'm, I'm very much a homebody. Um, and with Uncharted, it was kind of one of those things to where, um, I've told the story before, but <clears throat> I had a 360, um, and, uh, I think it was part of a, a Christmas present where I would pay for half of it. And then the other half was paid for, uh, by a parent. And, um, I, some, I had somehow obtained my hands on a, uh, PSP, the original PSP, not the Vita. And, uh, I lived in the freshman dorms and, uh, the guy across the hall was having money troubles with his phone bill. And he had a PS3, he had a launch PS3. And, uh, he decided that he just needed cash. He just wanted it. So he's like, I'll sell you my PS3 for you for 50 bucks and a PSP and that PSP just so it, cause I, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Like I, and I went and got the money out and I bought it. And the only reason I wanted a PS3, uh, was to play uncharted. Uh, and so, you know, I played it the first one and it was just like, unbelievable it was look i'm gonna say something that's probably a little bit of uh it's gonna ruffle some feathers uncharted is better than indiana jones um in almost every aspect (laughs) i know it's gonna make some people mad but that's you know it's whatever that's my opinion um but uncharted one really really just kind of like i was like um, just amazing experience um and really kind of just not reignited my love, but just kind of gave me a different appreciation for, um, narrative games because I was really into multiplayer then, you know, I was playing a lot of Halo, a lot of Unreal Tournament, you know, I grew up on some Age of Empires and, um, Counter-Strike and, and stuff like that. And so like between Uncharted 1 and Bioshock 1, it kind of reinvigorated my, my, my love for, for narrative story driven games. And I basically have been that way ever since. Like I've kind of just like moved away from all multiplayer stuff. Um, and I love uncharted again. Like I have, I have, I have one tattoo and my tattoo is an uncharted tattoo. If so, that should pretty much tell you how, that it's extremely important to me for a lot of reasons. You know, again, it kept me, there was, there were times where, um, you know, again, you know how it is. You're 18 years old. You're like, you just, you just don't know. And I found a lot of comfort and, and, you know, I played uncharted and, you know, play replayed it and replayed it. And then Zach, my, my best friend who's been on this podcast before, you know, the second one came out and we were, we'd become friends by that point. And that kind of was like our, our, you know, the, the buckle, man, that was what we needed. And that was like the thing that like really like, unified that friendship was uncharted too. And I I still remember to this day, some of the most fun I've ever had playing any video game in my life is Zach and I would play. That was kind of like an arena mode where we would just jump in 
and it was kind of like a horde mode, but it was like a pre horde mode or might've been like, might've been their like their answer to the horde mode. Um, and, um, just Zach and I just dropping in and just like, just hanging out and like how we had these shitty Bluetooth headsets for the PS3 and, um, you know, just, just, I mean, all of it, just like everything, everything about it. Like I know that, you know, some people don't like it. And if you go back and play it now, um, I know, um, uh, a friend of the show, Mike, he said he just isn't going back and playing them now and that, you know, it's a little rough around the edges. The first one is, and it was when it even came out, it was a little rough. And like two was the thing that like really took it over to the next level. Um, but it's just like amazing. It's like one of those games where you can be in a room and you can be playing it and like people can be watching and it's like watching a movie. Um, but you're playing it and it's awesome. Um, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> a wizard appears and tells you that he's changed history. All Sony exclusives are now Microsoft exclusives, and all Microsoft exclusives are now Sony exclusives. So which console do you choose? First of all, Microsoft doesn't have any exclusives, so let's just go ahead and nip that in the butt right there. I know who asked it, and I know why he's asking it. <laughs> I don't hate Microsoft, and I don't hate Nintendo. I do prefer Sony. Like I, I like Sony basically because Sony has the best first-party games. Um I, the 360 was my primary console and it's what I played everything on and I only played um, exclusives and fighting games on um, PlayStation 3 because the fighting sticks were better um, the controller the analog sticks were better for fighting on PlayStation 3 but I played everything on the 360 and then when the new consoles came out and it was just like at that point you're like I'm only going to pick one like I only want one I mean I have all I have all three consoles now but um, I didn't have an Xbox for a long time and I didn't really want one. Um, and then I came across a deal that was like, a, it was like a black Friday deal or something. I was like, you get this, you basically got a TV for free for the, for the price of a Xbox one. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll play gears four. And at that time, sunset overdrive was an exclusive. And I was like, yeah, I'll play that. And I was kind of curious about halo five at that point. Like <clears throat> I kind of lost interest in halo after three I played four and hated it, but I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was any good. Um, but I've always liked gears. Uh, the gears one is still my favorite. Um, but, uh, in this scenario, I choose Microsoft because they have all the exclusives, but then that's not how life is. And so therefore that's why I choose Sony. Um, a lot of video game questions. Uh, if you had to pick only one video game to play for the rest of your life, what would it be? And why? I think that's the last one. Uh, last question, anyways, about video games. Um, again, they're very important to me. No, there's one more. Uh, this one was kind of hard because if you think about, oh, you can only play one game for the rest of your life. Um, there's a lot of games that I really love. Um, but strangely enough, I don't think I would ever pick any of them to only play for the rest of my life. If I'm going to pick a game that I'm going to play for the rest of my life, it's going to be something that is either an MMO or uh, a games as a service, a game like Destiny or Division. Uh, I don't have a specific answer for this uh, because I don't know. <laughs> That's a really hard question. Um, but uh, it's so funny because I don't play MMOs or games as a service. But if I was going to play one, for the, if I was going to, that was going to be the only game I could ever play. It would be something that's constantly updated and supported and has a really long um, shelf life, something like that. Um, but I would never play WoW just to piss Jacob off because I did play WoW and I hated it. 
back in 2005 or six or something back when it was like still kind of cool to play well. That's just a shot at Jacob. I don't care if people play well. Um, you're stuck on a desert island using only five common household items of your choosing. How do you survive and escape? Well, let me just tell you something right now. I don't escape. At this point, I'm not escaping. I've accepted my fate. I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to pull some castaway shit because I am not. I just, I don't have those. I just don't have the skill set. I just don't. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would just, I don't know. <laughs> I would like a toothbrush just so I could brush my teeth until I perish away. Um, I was trying to think of some like just absolutely ridiculous, super first world things that I could just take with me so I could just live in luxury for like three days before I starve to death. Um, but like if I get stuck on an island, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm just going to give up. <laughs> I don't know then. I don't know. I think you maybe you're just like willpower for um, survival maybe kicks in. Some people don't have it. I mean, Castaway is an incredible movie because like if you go back and watch it as an adult, like I haven't watched it in years and like just the thought of it gives me like extreme anxiety. Like, and I don't even get anxiety that much. It's just like, Oh my God, like what would you do? Like I would just, maybe you just get over the initial shock of and like the depression and like, you know, I don't know, like 12 hours and you're just like, I can either sit here and wallow in my own self pity or I can try to get the fuck off this Island. Um, but I was trying to, I was trying to think of five items. I just know it would like a toothbrush. Uh, so I can brush my teeth with some salt water, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Again, answer this question. It's very hard. Um, just it's one of those things. Again, like I, I do like the question though. Um, if you could play a professional sport, what would it be? What position would it be? And what team? My initial reaction to this is to play in the NFL because it's the most popular sport. Um, but. There's also hockey, but I never played hockey. I did play football and played and I played basketball, but uh, probably hockey because it's the one sport that I don't know how to play and I never did play. Um, but if I'm going to play it professionally, I'm going to play in the NBA because the NBA they make stupid amounts of money and a lot of their money is guaranteed. Maybe all of it. I don't know. I just know that like if unlike if you sign a contract in the NFL for a hundred million dollars, you're not getting a hundred million dollars. But if you sign a max deal in the NBA and it's a hundred million dollars, you're more than likely going to get almost all a hundred million dollars of, I'm sure there's incentives and stuff, but, um, I'm going to play in the NBA because you better believe I, I would gladly get paid $20 million to sit my ass on the bench. Uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, I would play guard and I use play as in, in quotes because I would never play because I'm not good enough. I was now, I mean, I love basketball. I love playing basketball, but I accepted a long time ago that I was not very good at it. Or, I mean, was not good enough to exceed in basketball. I played, I was really good at defense, but I just wasn't a shooter. Um, and, and basketball is a game of scoring baskets. So, you know, again, we've talked about it before, but I was always a Steve Nash, get the ball to the guy who can score and play defense. And, um, who would I play for? I would play for whoever decided to give me the most money except Boston. Cause I would never play for any, any Boston team. Um, I'm going to switch this other one. Oh my God, this question is bait and I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> now that you've finally beaten Link's Awakening, I have, 
Uh, it's only the second game, the only the second Zelda game I've ever beaten. Uh, what is your favorite Zelda game, and why is it Breath of the Wild? And I literally typed, "This is bait." I know who asked it, and you're an asshole for asking it. But um, I think he's wanting me to go on this diatribe on like why I hate Breath of the Wild. But I'll just say this: I know I'm in the min- minority when I say the Breath of the Wild is not a very good game because everyone loves Breath of the Wild. Um, but to me, it's not a very good game. It's not a very good Zelda game, and it's not a very good open world game. And it's and it. I understand why people like it. Let me get that out of the way. I do understand why people like it. <clears throat> but it's also a Zelda game. It's a great Zelda game for people who have never played Zelda before. Um, and that's not that's not a shot at anybody. It's just it's not it's just not a very good Zelda game. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll put this on Jump Street. I've been playing video games basically my whole life, but for a nice round number, we'll say twenty five years. Um, and the controls are fucking terrible on Breath of the Wild, and if I have to buy a $65 controller in order to make the game playable, then therefore, by definition, your game is not very good. Um, if I have to buy a bunch of shit to make it playable, you know, again, and like the entire control system is over cumbersome and it doesn't, it's just, it's not fun. Um, I, I've said it before, I don't like weapon degradation in almost every game, and it's not just Breath of the Wild, I don't like it, I think it's a stupid gameplay mechanic, unless it makes sense, uh, in that game it does not make sense. Um, I I play Zelda for the adventure, not not to be a open world survival game. Um, if I wanted those, I would go play much better ones. Um, so I do want to get I do want to take a step back eventually and and jump back in it and try to play it again. Um, just because I have all these like these very strong negative feelings for it, and I feel like it would cloud my my judgment if I tried to play it again. And I feel the same way about Witcher uh, Witcher Three. I have still watched the show. Um, very familiar with Witcher. I mean, it, you couldn't get away from it when it came out. I'm talking about Witcher three, um, and but it was kind of the same thing for me. Uh, I hated Witcher two. I hated it so much, and I like hate played it enough to where I was just couldn't play it anymore. Um, I know that the Witcher two was a not a great port uh, to the 360, um, but I played Witcher three when it came out. Um, I got it through GameFly, and uh, I did not like it. I thought the controls were really terrible. Um, again, like I don't like things that are overly complicated just to just to be different. Like it, those things don't need to be. Any kind of third person game doesn't need to be complicated in any way. No game should have complicated controls. There's enough buttons that it it should be. This should be like riding a bicycle. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to go back and play Witcher Three again because I've, there's been enough time past since because I played it like right when it first came out and there's been enough time that has passed uh, it's on game pass so I might jump and play it but it's and if I like it enough I might pick it up on switch just so I could a game that big is something that would be better taken in small chunks I don't know uh but to answer your question you're wrong um uh da, 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 da. what is the strangest situation you've ever found yourself in recording a podcast by myself because my co-host uh got sick again no no <laughs> um uh, I'm not, I don't get embarrassed very easily. Um, I've been in awkward situations uh, and situations that made me feel uncomfortable. Uh, if you listen to the episode a couple weeks ago, I talked about the behemoth story. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. Um, but I don't get embarrassed very often. And I, and I was thinking about this when I got this question. Um, I don't know if it's, just, I'm very self deprecating in a lot of ways. Um, 
and I don't do that to be like negative. It's just kind of like a, it's kind of like a, like a, a reaction to things. And it's kind of like, uh-huh, if you can't make fun of yourself, then, you know, whatever. And kind of don't take yourself too seriously, whatever. Uh, but it's also probably a, a bit of a process from being bullied. Um, I was bullied for two and a half years. Uh, I've talked about it. And we've got a couple of new listeners that, that are probably didn't go back and listen to some older episodes, but I was basically bullied for two and a half years. And I mean like severely bullied to where I had, was escorted to class. Um, uh, had the police were involved. There was vandalism involved. Um, never felt safe at school, you know, again, and it all started, you know, earlier. I get that. I'm, I, I was a shorter person. Um, it was very, and I grew a little bit after, after I um, graduated high school, I actually grew about two inches, two and a half inches. And, um, like I I was just bullied and like, it's kind of weird how like those kind of things kind of like shape who you become later in life. Uh, and one of the things was that like, no words were ever going to hurt me, no matter what anybody said to me. And so as a very self deprecating person, you could not embarrass me. You just couldn't do it. You could beat me up. You could punch me. You could hurt me, like, physically. But, like, you, nothing was, like, the whole sticks and stones you make my bones, my words don't hurt me. Like, 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 legitimately, that's how I kind of adapted that as, as, a, as a way. Like, there's, there are only two people in this world that can hurt my feelings, like, on an emotional level. And that's probably my wife and my child. And hopefully it never, ever, 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 ever comes to those. Um, but... I just, you know, I don't know why I went on that like diatribe there, but I guess just, you know, it's, it was just fascinating to think about like when you go and you take a step back and kind of look at your life from like 15 years ago or however long it was and to be bullied like that. And and, like, it really just like adapts. And again, I know that I had a smart mouth and that also doesn't set well with a lot of people either. But, um, you know, I just kind of have always just been self-deprecating and was never going to let anyone do that so like you can't embarrass me like you say something to me and like it's just like whatever like I don't care <laughs> and it was another thing too is like you just I understand where this where the question's coming from and I do like it but like I legitimately don't have an answer because I can't think of any moment in my life in which I was embarrassed uh other than I mean I've been in at sporting events where I was embarrassed to be rooting for the team that I rooted for um but that subsided quickly because it's like whatever it's just sports um, so yeah, you know, uh, let's see here. <laughs> if you could change the mascot of any sports team, what would it be? This is very easy. And I thought about it and I was going to be funny. Um, but not inherently a funny person. I am sometimes, uh, I would change Jackson DeVille, <laughs> which is the mascot for the Jaguars, uh, to fucking Judas or fucking Brutus. Uh, because people who know the situation will get a chuckle out of it because both Judas and Caesar, or not Caesar, both Judas and Brutus, it's hard to say those back to back, um, represent everything that the current ownership of the Jacksonville Jaguars represents. And that's betrayal. Um, so that's what I would change the mascot to, (laughs) uh, man, (sighs) Where did the name of your podcast come from? Yes, yes, this is actually I got this multiple times. Um, we uh, we answered it on the first podcast, and again, anybody that's listening to this, um, thank you so much uh, for listening to this little rinky dink. I understand that most people come to this podcast to listen to what nonsense Jacob's going to say, uh, and it is very appealing and it's very fun. 
Um, and I also look forward to that every week as well. Um, but in order to keep the show going again, I just decided to do this. I know that I am the, probably the, the least, least unlikable. Is that the thing? Is that the word? Is that the correct phrase? Like, I know some people like me, but people, people come for Jacob. Like I, that sounded weird. I didn't want it to sound that way. (laughs) That sounded extremely weird. Uh, anyways, we're going to move on. Uh, where did the name of this podcast come from? The name of this podcast, as most people know, came from my favorite show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and there is an episode where they are taking Charlie out to distract him to throw him a birthday party, and he has spaghetti, and he has spaghetti in a Ziploc bag, and he's going to a spa, and he has the bag, and he says, what's your spaghetti policy here? And it was a very, when Jacob and I were coming up with names, uh, when I was coming up with names, let's just be honest, it was me. Uh, and I would just bounce them off and to see if he liked them or not. And, uh, I was trying to think of names for a podcast because like, it, like it's one of the hardest things to do is to name your podcast. Um, and I was just, you know, on like my 500th re like rerun watch through of always sunny because always sunny is like my comfort show. It's just like the show that I throw on in the background to, to like type or to do anything. Like if I just need some sort of noise, I'll watch always sunny. Um, and you know, I like quote always sunny almost on a daily basis. And it's really, it was really disheartening because like in my old job, people would get the references in this new job that I have, like no one watches sunny and like, I'll say stuff all the time. And like, people look at me like I'm a fucking psychopath, uh, which is fine. Um, there are worse ways, worse ways to be looked at anyways. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's where it came from. It was just kind of an off the off. It was obscure enough to where, like, I feel like we won't be sued if this podcast takes off, but I feel like also Rob is pretty awesome and it'd be like, yeah, man, it's awesome. A cool name. Um, and it's not copyrighted. It's not trademarked yet. Um, so that's how it came to be. Um, I think I'm, when this comes out, it's come out on Friday. I'm doing a podcast I'm recording a podcast this weekend with, uh, with another podcast. And I think that was one of the questions they asked too. So um, I'll, it will be double dipping in that question. The zombie apocalypse has happened, and what is your game plan? Oh, I need to know what kind of zombies they are, because if it's like, you know, regular old slow-ass zombies, like, like Walking Dead zombies, like just the typical like zombie, I think I'll be okay. Like I can probably survive for a while, but if it's like twenty-eight days later, like fucking like fast motherfuckers. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not surviving. Like, it's just be real. I'm not going to survive. But in order to answer this question, I'm going to go somewhere really cold and I'm going to go somewhere at a high altitude. Probably go to Canada uh, and just hang out there. I feel like if there's zombies, they're going to be really nice. <laughs> They'll ask to bite you before they do. Um, I loved your behemoth story and it got me thinking, how did you become a metalhead? Because you do not seem like a typical metal person. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, again, labels are for soup cans. Uh, and so I get labeled a metalhead, which is fine. I, I do love metal. Um, yeah, I don't like country. I don't like rap. I don't like modern rock and roll, but I do like classic rock because, uh, I grew up on it. Um, I'm very much a product of the seventies and eighties, even though it was not born. I mean, I was born in the late eighties, like very late eighties. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I grew up on rock and roll, um, my dad's nickname was Ozzy. Um, 
because of our last name. I'm named after Alex Van Halen. Um, you know, I've for as long as I have can like have been able to hear, it's been Van Halen, it's been ACDC, it's been Ozzy, uh, Metallica, like Led Zeppelin. Like I grew up on that stuff. And as I got older and became like a, you know, an angsty loner kid, uh, you know, and searching for like something, um, there was a brief stage, um, uh, of my life where I went through like a rap stage, like, or like a Cypress Hill, Beastie Boys, like Dr. Dre, NWA. Like I went through like that stage for like a, like a hot minute. Uh, it didn't last very long. I don't have anything against those. Like I have respect for that, but it's just not my cup of tea. Um, and then I just kind of, strangely enough, I listened to a, <laughs> Lamb of God was like the first probably new modern heavy metal, like, I, I'd, I'd listened to Pantera, um, and, you know, Megadeth, and, you know, Cannibal Corpse, and fucking Slayer, and shit, and, like, this wasn't my thing, like, I liked them, you know, going back and listening to them now, like, I have a, a bigger appreciation for those bands and stuff, but, like, it was Lamb of God, right around Ashes of the Wake, right after it came out, uh, and also Kill Switch Engage, uh, The End of Heartache, like, those two albums, uh, were kind of seminal in, like, transitioning me from, like, like a hard rock guy into like a metal guy. Um, and that was kind of part of that, like new, like not new metal, but like just like the new wave of metal. Um, the first metal show that I ever went to, uh, was actually Gojira. And this was before Gojira was like, before anybody knew who Gojira was, this was like right at, right before from Mars the series came out and they opened, like they opened, it was like a killer. I was like, Oh my God. And machine head, um, Right after the right after or right around the blackening, and then um, Lamb of God. So I think that was right after Sacrament, and uh, it was in 2006, I believe, was the first metal show I went to, and I've been to so many shows since then. Um, But man, like I don't know, it was just like again, like I was, I just needed something heavy, something, something again, something underground, something that was that went against the grain, something that like everybody didn't listen to. because I've always kind of been that kind of guy that's done something because I wanted to do it, not because like the crowd is doing it. And that's, I, that sounds very hipsterish, but it's not like, it's just, I'm not easily influenced by peers and, and I never succumb to peer pressure. Um, but as I've gotten older, like heavy music speaks to me in, in, in a lot different way as you, as you know, as you gain life experience and you, and you learn through like metal has a very, um, very stereotypical, uh, like, Thing, a cloud around it that it's all about Satan and like it's it's really not like it's not like there are very few bands that ever talk about Satan it's just it's very loud very heavy very aggressive music um and like honestly the subject matter and what a lot of metal bands sing about it, like it resonates with me um like people always ask me you know again Parkway Drive like what do I love about Parkway Drive and it's just what they talk it's what they sing about it's what they what you know it's just who they are as people and, and like they practice what they preach and like it's just it just speaks to you on like a whole a whole different level and like <clears throat> I'm a big believer that like music sh- you should feel something when you listen to music whether you know if, if you like bob in your head when you listen to music like you're feeling something like mo- like music should move you and like make you feel things emotionally and like it should be an adventure and just like like I don't know I don't know. I'm going on this weird tangent, but that's how, that's honestly how it just, it just kind of like evolved from hard rock to, you know, from like classic rock to hard rock into metal. And like, I've, I've been listening to metal basically exclusively since probably around 2005, 2000, 2005, 2006, somewhere in there.
Um, so there's, yeah, that's why. And like, you know, there's a shirt for a band called August Burns Red. And again, August Burns Red is a band from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is Amish country. Um, they're all very Christian people, but they play some super heavy music and they have a shirt that says aggressive music for not for, uh, aggressive music for happy people. And that's essentially what it is. I like really heavy, aggressive music, but I'm not, I mean, again, like I talk about, like when I go to metal shows, you know, there's the stereotypical, like people with like makeup, black eyeliner, like chains, black shit, like, or like, you know, they got the, they got the wristband with the, uh, with the fucking spikes on it and shit. Like, I mean, that shit is there at metal shows. Uh, speaking of metal shows, I'm super excited that Parkway Drive, this is a side note, uh, announced their North American tour, and there are two tickets purchased, and Christina is going, and I'm super excited that she's going to experience, uh, she's going to get out of her comfort zone a little bit, and she's going to experience, like, a, like, it's, like it's hate breed, uh, Parkway Drive, uh, oh my god, I can't remember, I'm drawing a blank, uh, Fit for a King, and Knocked Loose, so some, like, she's going to see some fucking thrash, um, like mosh pits. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't know. I don't even know what my original point to that was, but yeah, so there's that. If you could gender Ben Jacob in a cosplay, what would you choose and why? (laughs) This is a really hard question to answer because I feel like Jacob's really into gender bending in more ways than one. Um, (laughs) but like the first thing that came to mind was was Jorman was Tormund Giants Bane, but like with tits and like a really skimpy outfit, but like a skimpy outfit with like fur. And like, I feel like Jacob could pull, like that's what he would do. Like he would have like a fur bra and shit. Um, (laughs) so I don't know. Uh, some of these I've skipped. If an alien came to earth and made contact with you and only you, this is a deep question and probably the hardest one I could answer. Uh, and you wanted to sum up the humanity using only one piece of art, whether that be music, painting, sculpture, movie, video games, etc. What would it be? And I find this to be a very fascinating question um, because I think it all just depends on your perspective and how you grew up. I am an American. Um, and so obviously my views on it are a lot different than than what, uh, you know, somebody who grows up in Australia or somebody who grows up in India or, or Russia is going to be. And also my age range is a lot different because the world has changed exponentially in my lifetime. I mean, it sounds very old, but like I literally, I went to school and like the internet was dial up and like now no one can survive without the internet. Uh, we didn't have cell phones and like, I'm not even, I'm not that old, but like you think about, your parents or like the older, you know, the people that are, you know, forties in their late or in their forties, fifties and sixties, you know, sure things have changed for them, but like the way technology and the way the world has changed and evolved or devolved, however you want to look at it in the last 20 years is, is pretty crazy. And, um, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to look at something. I forget like I remember seeing this piece a couple of years ago and I don't remember what it is, but like basically if I was going to someone who is uninitiated, someone who has no idea, um, I was trying to think of something really funny, but, um, I, I really liked the question and it, got, it, like I said, it got me thinking. And to me, society and humans, um, is easily defined, um, with, um, 
I'm trying to think of the correct word for it, but uh, consumerism, I guess, would be the easiest word. Um, I think consumerism and greed is, is, is the two things that really define humanity. And that's probably not good that those are the two things that first come to mind. Um, but there's a painting. It's like the last supper. Uh, but man, I wish I could remember who it was. I could look up on my phone, but it's hard to search things and, and type at the same time. Um, but, uh, consumerism, it was, it was the thing that I could think of. And like, I immediately thought of this painting and it's like the last supper, but I think Ronald McDonald is in the middle. Um, I I think I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm trying to look it up while I'm talking. Um, um, stop it. Go away. But yeah, it was like, uh, I think Disney, like the Mickey Mouse is on there and like McDonald's and like has fast food in the background. And like, um, I think honestly, that's kind of the thing that to me is the easiest. Uh, I found it. Ron English. It's called super supper came out in 2010. Um, it's really cool painting if you look at it and I think it really just sums it. It's got, like I said, it's got, you know, Looney Tunes. Um, it's got Disney. Um, it's got, it looks like it's got Tony the tiger on there. Uh, Homer Simpson, Popeye, and I, and I don't know, for some reason it just kind of speaks consumerism, and again, that's the thing that, to me, I would just show that, and like, this alien would be like, man, y'all suck, like, what the hell's wrong with y'all? <laughs> I don't know why they'd be talking to me anyway, but uh, there's a follow-up to that question, it says, uh, uh, follow-up, said alien says that he has the expanse, that it, a uh, good thing that you did not uh, uh, assume a gender on this alien, it has expanse knowledge and can answer almost any question your feeble human mind can think of, but you can only ask it one question. What is your question? I'm cheating, and I'm going to say why. Why is my question? And it's up for this super smart alien bro to decipher what what my why question is. And if, if he does it correctly, it's why. He has to tell me everything in exp- the entire universe he has to explain to me. Um, so that's what that would be. I cheated on that one. Like, so sue me, whatever. I'm trying to, like I said, I jumped around here at full strength. This is this, this, this question is going to get me in trouble. And <laughs> I feel like it was asked on purpose. And I feel like I know who, I know who asked it. And I feel like I know why they asked it too. Um, at full strength, this is, this is a super nerdy podcast episode, but it's, it's me, whatever. Uh, at full strength, who would win in a fight? Dark side or Thanos? It's very important to specify here that it says at full strength because I'm going to jump. I'm going to go ahead and preface this by saying if it was uh, base to base, just dark side versus Thanos, dark side would win easily because Thanos is nothing without his infinity gauntlet. Um, dark side is a god. Again, these are fictional characters, but it's so funny because this is kind of shit that you know is discussed and has been discussed since the 70s. Um, dark side came first. Uh, and if, if Jacob listens to this, he's going to get so mad because he loves Thanos, but he loves Thanos in the MCU, even though Thanos is awesome in the comic books too. But, um, it's a very good question. You know, it's, it's the new God versus the mad Titan. It's the anti-life equation versus the infinity gauntlet. Um, and I think this was asked because I'm more of a DC guy. I love Marvel and I love DC, but I kind of gravitate a little bit more towards DC because DC to me has always been a little bit more mature, a little darker. Uh, I mean, I love Batman, so there you go. But, um, I just feel like a lot of, a lot of DC stories are a little bit 
geared not geared towards adults but they're more adultish and has more adult themes i mean they're i don't know people can be like oh if anyone listens they're gonna like cite oh well what about the x-men deals with racism and yes i get it i know again i love them both but like i'm not here to justify why i like one or the other i like them both i like i love them both um a huge influential part of my childhood anyways and who i am as an adult but uh for the sake of finishing this question um i feel like ultimately the infinity gauntlet is more powerful than the anti-life equation um because the infinity gauntlet can do everything the anti-life equation does and then some so i uh, i don't really want to answer this which you're making me commit uh i don't know i don't know i don't want to say thanos but i kind of want to say thanos uh, I'll say I'll say Thanos. Whatever, sue me. I don't care. I'm stalling because I'm trying to see which ones I didn't answer. Uh, what are your five favorite non-comic book movies? Non-comic book was highlighted. Um, well, the first one is Shaun of the Dead. It's my absolute favorite movie. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, Back to the Future. Uh, is an infinitely rewatchable movie, and I think that is extremely important when deciding what your favorite movies are. It's, again, it's not what the best movies are; it's what are your favorite movies are. And I would like to uh, say that again: it's what your favorite movies are, not necessarily what the best movies are. Um, so, Shaun of the Dead, Back to the Future, uh, The Breakfast Club. Um, I'm gonna say Super Bad. Uh, which is kind of off the wall, but um, I love Superbad. To me, it's the last great like teen comedy um, that's been made. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, personal feelings, a lot of uh, personal experiences. Not some, not everything, but there's a lot of my teen years that can be easily compared to a lot of stuff in super bad. Um, I was a lot like Evan <laughs> growing up with less awkwardness. Um, and then, uh, it's gotta be a Scorsese film and it came down to Goodfellas or the departed. Um, and I hope everyone likes my Boston accent. Um, I'm like tired and getting delusional at this point. I'm like just staring at this fucking wall for uh, an hour and five minutes. How my God, how did it take? Tw- I, I like to talk. <laughs> uh, the departed. Uh, I do love Goodfellas. I do. But um, man, there's just something about the, de- the departed. That's just really good, which is funny enough that it was one of my favorite movies. And I fucking hate Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> and then he's in that movie. But uh, it's probably my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie for sure. Uh, even though that's also a good debate as well. Uh, the, man, the fifth one. Like, I'm just trying to think of like movies that I watch a lot. Movies that are quotable. Uh, the Big Lebowski is definitely up there. Um, I love The Big Lebowski. Yeah, so probably those. Again... Throwing the non-comic book thing in there is really hard because The Dark Knight is in that top five list. Uh, but again, 
definitely Shaun of the Dead, Back to the Future, Breakfast Club, Super Bad. Those for sure. Um, and then the fifth one is kind of rearrangeable. I would we would assume depending on the day, depending on how I'm feeling. Uh, I am looking to see if there are any more questions I didn't answer because I need to end this podcast. There's probably no one who's still listening. <laughs> I think that that's all of them. I believe. Thanks. So. Well, there's one more. It was uh, if you could. There was one more video game question. If you could make one video game come to life, which would it be? Uh, and uh, also a very self-serving question. The person who asked, I think. What? Well, I know the person who asked this question knows. Um, I talked about it a little bit when Nathan was here. Uh, I've been working. I say working in quotes. I have a working concept with actual concept art, and like it's full. It's fully planned out one two three and four all four like parts of it uh it'd be a four-part series it's called the polar destroyer series and the basic concept if i talked it into existence it may kick me in the butt to make me do it some more uh like i said i have like actual concept art that i paid an artist to um to make for me um and basically it is uh a polar bear <laughs> who fights off penguins um and the penguins are kind of nazis not really but basically uh, as the the series and the game goes on uh you get you become less of a polar bear and more of a cyborg and you're kind of like a terminator it's kind of like rambo it's uh again i don't want to talk too much about it but like if anyone's ever interested in about it i love talking about it and i love like I, I recently told um, somebody about it that, I, and like I hadn't talked about it in like, like oh, it's been a while, um, but it, it's very hard to, and that was the thing with like Nathan. It's like really hard just to like force yourself to do something, and like anytime you want to write, it's like the most. As someone who doesn't write for a living, it's very hard to sit down and write because at that moment in time, like you can't do it, and then like when you do have time, like you don't want to force it, but like since maybe 2012 and eh, well, it's been more recent than that maybe since 2004 I have been working on this concept off and on uh, anytime that like I get like this weird like hankering for like oh yeah I'm gonna do this uh, or this sounds like a good idea and I'll just like start daydreaming and then like I'll throw in my like I have like 17 18 19 like notes like full like full-on notes I have like two or three like full like like word documents of ideas and storyboards and, and everything else. <clears throat> and I don't know if money was no issue, man, that's what I would do. I would just, I would just do my polar destroyer series. Cause I think it's awesome. I think it has potential and I think it, it could go, you know, and go in a lot of ways and it could also fail. I don't know, but that's that. <sighs> I have been talking for an hour and 10 minutes, uh, and I'm starting to lose my mind. <laughs> so hopefully uh, I don't know. I know I've got, I don't know what the plan is going forward. I mean, there's going to be more podcasts. I just don't, I don't know how Jacob's feeling. It's all going to depend on him. Probably. I would say he's probably going to take another week off. I'm probably going to make him take another week off, uh, since he was like near death and recoup his strength. And, uh, so you may get another episode without Jacob, but I will make sure that someone else is here. So you don't have to listen to me talk for an hour and 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, we'll make sure that, um, if all goes according to plan, um, I should be recording a podcast with somebody this week. Um, and it was originally going to be a guest, but I think I'm just going to throw him into the co-host seat and it's just going to be as if Jacob never left, except it won't be as funny. Probably. 
Uh, but thanks for if you stuck around for this whole hour and ten minutes, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I love doing this podcast. Uh, I'll wrap this up really quick. Um, I sent it. There was a thing on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, I was kind of feeling. I was not feeling emotional. I was just feeling really. I was just feeling really good, and uh, it was like a four or five page, uh, or like tweet thread talking about how much I appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast, and like I really do appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Um, one of the things that's always been really hard for me in life, and you can ask my wife, is kind of like showing appreciation. Um, I've worked on it. I used to like not show any appreciation whatsoever, um, but as I've gotten older, I've learned to like really show appreciation for things and like. Uh, obviously I don't know everybody that listens. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast and I love talking to anyone that listens, anybody that takes time out of their day to listen to this podcast. I like, thank you so much. Um, a little story behind it is, um, and then I'll stop. (laughs) Um, I I tried, I've always thought Jacob was a very fascinating person. Um, and I tried for when I first met Jacob, um, you know, we kind of like, it's kind of that, that weird stage where you're trying to like become friends with someone you don't actually know and trying to become friends with adults as an adult. It's always kind of awkward. Um, but I always thought Jacob was extremely interesting and I hope that, uh, you know, we're in 31 episodes in, I hope that everyone feels the same way. Um, Jacob is, is, is really fun to be around and I always kind of saw that in him and I wanted other people to experience it. And obviously Jacob is kind of shy and very, you know, it's not socially awkward, but, um, he does, you know, I mean, you've listened to the podcast, you know how he is, but anybody that's ever listened to like every episode, people that have listened to one episode, people that have not listened, but said they've listened, but have shared it on social media and told people to listen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, obviously I want to grow this podcast. That is my ultimate goal is to grow this and to have five, six, 7,000 people listening to this all across the world. That like, it's crazy. The fact that I think there's only there's been 42 states out of 50 that have that have at least downloaded one episode of this show, and that's crazy to think that it's oh, we've only done 31 episodes and we only have eight states left. Uh, we've already knocked off like mm, off the top of my head, I think it's like nine nine t- countries, nine or ten different countries outside of the out of the United States have have listened to this podcast and it's it's like amazing to think about it and like I love podcasting it's so much fun like I said I used to do it and I missed I always would like occasionally mention to Christine man I miss doing a podcast or whatever just because everybody moved away and you know it's really weird to do a podcast by yourself even though people do it all the time uh but uh thank you so much for listening thank you for listening and sticking around at the end of this I hope there's an insight uh a little bit to me uh more about me. I know that people come to the, again, people come to this podcast to, to listen to what kind of crazy shit Jacob's going to say. And, uh, I honestly miss it. Uh, I miss hearing his nonsense and his crazy shit. Uh, I think we have good chemistry. So enough of that. I'm leaving. I'm going to bed. <laughs>